Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Squad Pod. I'm your host, T-Dog. So this week I changed up the format of the show. We had a lot of great guests on the first five shows that it was just one-on-one interviews, but I want to change it up, really make this thing a show for you guys. So today I have, I'm going to start off with power rankings, the Guts Racing power rankings. Then we're going to go and check out Brent Stallo. He's the owner of Verb, co-founder. We're going to talk about shred tours in general, and then we kind of dive into what the future of Verb holds. So that's also something you want to check out. And then after Brent, we're going to go to Justin Rodbell, have a little conversation with him and see what he's up to. He's rapidly approaching his return to racing after a torn Achilles. Yes, other people have torn their Achilles this year. As Rod Bell says, maybe he's not as important. But he's important to me, so we're going to put him on here and tell a story about what he's been through the past year or so. And then uh, that'll wrap it up. Let me know what you think in the comments, and you can email me at troy at verbmoto.com. Make sure to follow me at TroyDogVerb on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you follow the Verb Pod Network. Make sure you follow... The Verb Shred Tour accounts, you know, it's just just follow everything that we do and interact with us. It's a, it's a good time. And if you're out at the Shred Tour, come and say hi to us. We love to hear from you. All right, first on the menu today, we're going to go down the Guts Racing Power Rankings. My Power Rankings. Not Slaw Dogs, not Ginger Dogs, mine. It's the most important list of the week. As always, the Power Rankings are brought to you by... Guts Racing. For 33 years, Guts Racing has prided themselves on being the innovators in seat technology. If you're looking for a comfortable and stylish place to park your rear end on your dirt bike, then look no further. Guts carries an extensive product line of seat covers and foam, so it covers anything you ride. Use the promo code VERB20 at checkout to save on your order. And uh, we thank the guys over at Guts. That's a cool, cool thing we got going on with them. And you need to buy everything on their website. And tell them Troy Dog sent you. So sell them out. All right, so my gut's racing power rankings this week. We're going to run down the top five. We're not going to go to the top ten because it's a little extensive. So if you made the top five, you're you're elite in the sport right now. Well, this week no riders made the top five. But let's see why. Yeah, I have number one, the United States of America. Like, it was just the 4th of July. It's America's birthday. I think America just turned 247 years old. Yeah, I did the math, and it checks out. So, 247, that's almost as old as Slaw, you know? That's a lot of birthdays. So, they made, the USA made the list at number one for good reason. It's his birthday. Like, it's America. It's what we live in, you know? Cool. All right. Uh, Number two is Redbud. Redbud is my favorite national on the circuit. I've attended Redbud more than any other race on the on the on the tour. Um, dating back to I think my first national there was in 05. The infamous one where Stu was on the two stroke and Wyndham and him got into a little scuffle and Stu let him by after going off the track. And then ever since I kind of been going every year. I think I missed it a couple times. And this year was the year I missed it. Yeah, I have a lot of good memories at Redbud. I had I almost put them number one, but you know America and all. So Redbud's number two. Last year at Redbud was one of my favorite races I've ever been to. I ended up uh, filming a lot of content that day, passing out some some Verb shirts to some awesome fans. Uh, ran into Davy Millsaps. Uh, I did a segment with Alex Ray. 
which, which A-Ray, we're going to see more A-Ray content coming up because he just announced his retirement and I'm not ready for that. So, but yeah, we, we did a lot of stuff last year. I jumped into the Hep Suzuki pool, you know, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, I actually played a game of basketball with Jet. Um, we still haven't finished that game. And at Nashville, he told me that he remembered that we have to finish the game and he is ready. So stay tuned on that. Maybe we'll have a quick little game of jet and he'll show, I'll show him how good I am at basketball. I mean, he saw it at Redbud that day and I think he's been kind of scared because I was a little undefeated that day and, uh, he doesn't know how to take that. I don't think. So Redbud's awesome. Love Redbud. Number three, I have the world supercross championship. Uh, Adam Bailey over there. I, I spoke with him last year. He told me a lot of behind the scenes things that goes into what it takes to run a championship of the caliber they're trying to build it to be. And they kicked off their championship in the UK over the weekend. I watched it. I thought it was awesome. I'm excited for the next five rounds. I think this is needed in the sport right now. And, uh, a lot of the riders getting the opportunities to race this championship is, uh, it's a cool deal for everyone involved. So I'm excited to watch more races. Number four on the list is Ricky Rouse. Yes, the boss, Ricky Rose. Why is Rick Rouse on here? Well, my buddy Harv Dog, he's always into the power rankings. And he came to me the other day and goes, you know who hasn't been on the power rankings that I think should? And I was like, yeah, who's that? And he goes, Rick Ross. Like, why would you not? And I didn't have an answer for him. I said, you know what? He should be on the Power Kings every week. Like, it's Rick Ross. He's got so many hits. I listen to Rick Ross just vibing in the car. And it's just a vibe of the summer. Or life. So, good job to Harv Dog for telling me to put him on the list. And uh, go listen to some Rick Ross. It's just phenomenal. All right, number five and the last one on this list is the Hep Suzuki Pool. I go way back with the Hep Suzuki Pool. At Redbud last year, I jumped in it. It was on the uh, Twisted T Racer X best post-race show ever, and it really was the best post-race show ever. We had me. It was Chili Dog West was on there. We had Jackson Kennard on there. And uh, just Weege and Kellen Brower. Kellen was filming. And Welton was back there you know, doing his thing. He got a top 10 that day. It's his best ever 450 finish. And uh, he was having a good time with me as well. And we still joke about it. You know, contrary to what the rumor is out there, that the HEP guys were not happy with me jumping in the pool, they were. They loved it. They thought it was awesome. And so you can put that rumor to bed. The boys over there loved it. And uh, they thought it was awesome. And honestly, I'm very happy this year. Because they tagged me in a reel on uh, Saturday night of Freddie Noren jumping in after his seventh overall finish. So Freddie Noren kept the tradition alive of jumping into the HEP pool. And uh, I will say that the water quality that Freddie had to jump in, that looked like it was imported from the Swiss Alps. Because the water I had to jump in had Marshall Welton debris in it, probably some pee, some tea, which I'm cool with the tea, which is probably why I opened my mouth when I jumped in. Um, it didn't taste like tea. It tasted like, I don't even, it didn't really have a taste to it. It was so bad, but, uh, Welton was laying in it and I probably 
drank some of that water. So I'm okay. I'm still alive a year later. But Freddie gets the imported water from the Swiss Alps and I get poo-poo water. So I'm a little bit upset about that. And I'm going to have to talk to uh, to Pipes about that. But uh, it was uh, it was cool. He kept the tradition alive. And next year, maybe we can get Dustin himself to jump in. You know, team owner, let's just do a cannonball together. You know, somebody's got to do it. Maybe I'll do it again. I don't really want to, but, you know, I did it for you people out there, all 12 of my fans. So I appreciate all 12 of you. But anyway, I appreciate my uh, family over at the Hep Suzuki truck keeping the tradition alive and just just feeling my vibe when I'm not even at the track. Good job, guys. Good job, Freddie. And uh, I was going to get Freddie today. I didn't have enough time to make it happen. But maybe we'll get some comments down the road on what it was like to carry the torch. We'll segue this into the next segment with Brent Stallow. That was the Guts Racing Power Rankings. Uh, we'll hit you with those every week to start off the show. I, I think that's a good addition. You know, Guts Racing, Verb20 is the code at checkout. Verb20 is the code to save at checkout. So go buy stuff. And uh, here's Brent. All right, right now, I'm truly honored to be on the phone with this dude. He's the number two on my BFF friends list in the Verb Company. He's the owner and co-founder of Verb. It's Bird Dog. It's Brent Stallow. What's up? Can, uh, can you cuss on these or no? I prefer not. Okay, okay. Yeah. With number two, whatever. Uh, but yeah, thanks for actually acknowledging uh, me. I really appreciate it. I've been a long-time fan, but never truly to be acknowledged. Yeah, you're not really, you come, you're behind-the-scenes guy, and then you, you come out when I ask you to do things, but that's about it. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I'm not a very seasoned um, face man. That's for sure. Well, yeah, the number two thing, I can't, Wes is number one for me always. You know that. I know. Yeah, despite the fact that he'll, he'll never return your phone calls uh, that or is, answer text messages. That is false information. That's why he's my BFF. <laughs> he calls me. We text all the time. Okay, whatever. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. It's 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 a thing. We can work on it. You can try to be number one. You know what? Where is Chase, where is Chase in the in the ranking? It's bad. It's very like I put. I made up some people to put in front of the list with him. <laughs> like they're not even real people, and he's just they're just ahead of him on the list. I love it. I love it. I'll take number two. Whatever. Yeah, Chase is above Slaw, but it's close, man. And your hatred for Slaw is deep. Yeah, he's he's not on the list, and if he was, he'd be super last. So, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I know it's it's awesome. He's just so nice to me, but. Oh, dude, he's, he's, a, he's a terror. <laughs> so, uh, I want to shred tour with you. Um, it's just, we're, what is this, third year back with Verb, right? But we this is second yeah. year of shred tours? Um, yeah, year three of the shred tours. Year three yeah, of shred tours. Yeah, we're halfway through uh, year three with a big schedule still to fulfill. And I feel like we've done a really good job of telling people why it's really fun and why they should go. And, and people that go to the events are, are now spreading the word, I think. So why do you think – I'm going to come to you with this question. Why do you think that the Shred Tour is needed in the sport right now? Man, I, I, you know, I, 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 I could probably make something up on why they're needed. I, I, you know, are they needed? I don't know. I can tell you why we did them. Um and, you know, and, and kind of why it was important to us, which was, 
the you know when we came back we we were different people you know than than the first run uh well 1.0 you know we were younger uh and you know didn't have families and you know as much responsibility so we we could live in a motorhome and cruise around the country and kind of live the dream which you know Wes and I would talk and and that's really what made us popular because we were we were really boots on the ground, you know, grassroots and, you know, every, from every pro event to every major amateur event. And then even when there were local races, we'd be there. So it was a, that was a big part of what, what built our brand. So when we came back, we were like, okay, you know, we can't do this anymore. Um, but we, but we still need to, you know, kind of stay true to the brand and stay true to who we are. Um, we, which is why the straight tours came along. And then we we had really seen a lot of, you know, a lot of people were just staying practicing all the time and showing up for a, a race, you know, a larger race, you know, be it a Freestone or a Loretta's and they were just kind of train, train, train. So this was a fun, you know, just kind of give back to local racing, uh, you know, thing where we wanted to come in and just put on these festival-like events. Uh, I think we're, you know, we've done a good job this time of of putting back in what we get out of them. Um, so the nice thing is, is these have grown slowly over the last couple of years, and I think we're getting to a point where you'll start to see what we do at these just exponentially become probably more ridiculous is a good word to put it, because as we... You know, as they become more popular and more people come, uh, we just dump all that right back in and we get to do just bigger and better events, um, which is which is really exciting. Yeah, this year, nine events and you you kind of package them differently this year. Uh, it's it's every event's different as we've seen, you know, the World Minis back and then upcoming is the Summer Slam and just each each event has a, a different twist. Um where in years past it wasn't really like that. So what was the thought process behind that? Just trying to figure it out, you know, like we knew we liked these events and just just trying to build more, you know, hype around them and give them more like of an identity, I think. Um, we've always, everything we do, we, we always say three years, right? That's, if we, even with our podcasts and stuff we're doing now, you know, we look at a three-year growth before we even consider what to do with it next. So uh, we're on year three with the events. And, you know, you just want to get in, do them every year. And after every event, we all sit down, what worked, what didn't work. Um, and we really liked separating these and giving them a different identity this year. Uh, I don't think we had the probably the the staff or the manpower to do it in the past like that. Um, Luckily we've been able to scale a little bit and grow. Uh, And yeah, so this was our, this was our kind of thought going into this year. It seems to be working really well. I think it's something that we'll be able to, you know, we always want to get something and make it perfect and then, you know, make small changes and not huge ones. So I think we've made some bigger changes to these events uh, and how we do them. But I think going into next year, we'll see some things playing out uh, and, and hopefully 
we'll just be able to continue to like add you know more things to these events more fun and, and really create like a vibe where it's, it's definitely a more than a local you know event or a local race and the next one is the summer slam at lincoln trail july 8th and 9th very quick very quickly approaching um Unbelievable. the event last year at lincoln trail uh i did show up at and i did help break it down so and, but i felt the vibe when i was there but i, I just wanted it to was like it is i'm not kidding like the the midwest just crushes <laughs> i love the people the riders the scene i mean it is it was like it was our best event last year bar none you couldn't beat it Drew and, and Lincoln Trail staff are like truly next level, which which is hard to find sometimes. But those, you know, he's got a good mind for marketing, a good mind for fun. He knows what these are. He sees the value. And then, I mean, oh my God, last year that little town in Casey, Illinois, um, you know, is just a really unique place. Like from us setting in a world record of jumping off the world's largest rocking chair, there were five thousand people uh, around for that, which was insane. And then Drew gets married on stage, and then we have a huge fireworks show and pit bike race. It was it was it was unbelievable the vibe at that race. Um, and then you know this year we didn't want to just repeat, right? So we had to think of something different. And mm. now we have a uh, professional wrestler setting up a ring um, to perform uh an actual wrestling match uh at the track on saturday night which is just as ridiculous and i think it's going to be uh just as fun if not more fun yeah that's going to be uh like the wrestling thing is going to be a little out of hand i think so it's going to be amazing it's going to be ridiculous yeah yeah Yeah, that's the point we have music on friday um there's the amp bikes uh emoto race which is all the serons and delarias and then pit bikes and a lot of the stuff that you see really go off at, um, at other tracks, I think where we are able to be a little different is a lot of the time it's the track owners that are putting on all the special events and it's hard, right. To run an event and run all the, you know, kind of fun, Mm -hmm. uh, where we get to come in is we just, you know, all day we're capturing content and filming and taking photos. And then, you know, once the evening comes, we're able to do the Stasic races and the Granger races and the, um, you know, all, all the fun stuff, the, you know, fist gloves comes in and those guys are rad, man. They're a cool glove company out of uh, Australia. And they literally just came in and sponsored a hot dog stand, which is, uh, you know, kind of fit for their brand. If you've ever seen those guys, they're amazing. Uh, and we've just gotten a lot of support from motorsport and everybody else. And that just allows us, like I said, to just bring a bigger staff, uh, have more of like a fun event budget to play with. Um, and I, I'm kind of looking forward to watching that grow. It's a great dynamic. And I I think for next year, if we can make it happen, I have a very good hot dog idea. We can do, Ooh, yeah. with like the hot dog stand, we'll make a Troy dog. And then, which is basically just, just mustard or ketchup. Like, it's nothing crazy. Like, it's just a regular hot oh, dog. And then you actually have like a slaw dog and a Troy dog. Yeah, but we'll just skip the slaw completely because no one's going to buy that. So we'll just <laughs> go straight to the Troy dog. But then we could have a bird dog. We could have a chili dog. Oh, do you know what a bird dog is? It's chicken tenders, right? Yeah. 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 It, it was, it was, uh, it's a South Carolina thing. And I live in South Carolina, which is why I did the bird dog. No, oh, it's, it's amazing. Everyone's going to eat that, you know? Yeah. A little so, honey mustard. 
Yes. Great. Yeah. I've never had one, but I, I, I did research, you know. I mean, you put a chicken tender on a hot dog bun. There it is. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. Right? I'm eating that for sure. But, yeah, just we'll have, and then at the end of it, when we see that Slaw Dog's never sold, like, we'll just delete that from the menu, you know? So <laughs> You can just have it crossed out. Yeah, like, you're not, you can't have that. But that, <laughs> that's, that's how we can make something grow with that. Like, I was just thinking, but. Oh, no, I, I tried to get the Oscar Mayer Wiener truck to come out to the Verb Classic this year, so I submitted a form and everything. They have this huge, huge, like, giant Oscar Mayer Wiener, and it'll come to your event. Uh, but unfortunately, I haven't heard back. Three years, maybe three years. Cool. Yeah, maybe next year. Well, maybe this year. It's not, I don't think we're done. That no. event's not till September, so That's, we have time. Yeah, we do. They're, they're just like, we're, we're going there, we just... We're already going. We'll just bring the truck too. Like they're probably already coming yeah. out. Yeah, they probably are just just waiting to get back to me. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's coming up. That's gonna be awesome. I wish I could make it this year. I'm gonna be on vacation actually, so I won't be able to. That's the only reason. But uh, CEO's got to go to the beach. So where do you vacation when you live in when you live in Ohio? <laughs> well, I mean, you go to Florida, duh. Uh, okay. You gotta drive. Yeah. Yeah, we drive. Uh. Ugh. It it kind of works out with the kiddos. They kind of show them around a little bit. I don't know. We just plane tickets weren't weren't. Uh, nah, nah, it's not worth it. No, so we're driving, but that's where we're heading. And uh, kind of like last question here. I know it's a you could go into so many different avenues with it and really just go on and on about it. But you're big on the three year thing. Got it. But next five years, if you look in your crystal ball. What does the future of Verb look like? Oh my god! Yeah, loaded question. Maybe just some some short term and long term goals. Or... We're doing. Um, okay, yeah, that's a big question and one that I actually have um, a tremendous number of spreadsheets and whiteboards filled out on where <laughs> this is going. Uh, we'll we'll do a few things, right? We'll lean into. Um, production and high-end production work. So that's always been part of what we do, uh, especially with like Red Bull projects and some other things and kind of what Wes has built, um, you know, on that side of the house. So, uh, but we'll be a bit more aggressive in how we grow that uh, and then in the coming years. Um, Berg Moto will continue to always be at the forefront of what we do. And, and Berg Moto is... Um, you know, if you think about it from really the media side where we still want to cover as many events and athletes and races as possible and really just be a voice in the sport. Um, we obviously part of that is still growing the shred tours. Uh, so that's, that's really where verb moto is going to just continue to live. Um, and then we have a lot of aspirations, um, on kind of the tech side of things and some things that uh, we think we can do on the tech side. That's probably, you know, a longer term five-year plan, but we're building that out right now. It just, um, you know, it's a, you know, funding it and, um, you know, building that out. Technology takes a long time when you want to do it right. So uh, I think there's three, those are like our three, major focuses right now uh and then within verb moto alone you're growing 
uh, all the different mediums and the different platforms. We've got a new new way we're going to start tackling content and doing things on YouTube platforms, uh, the podcast network with, you know, the squad pod and then vanilla and what Kevin's doing with when take y'all and Brad. Um, there's a lot of cool, cool things we'll be doing on that front as well. Um, and just, you know, continuing to watch that grow as we still, you know, really push on, you know, there's kind of an agency side to verb that I don't think many people know about. Um, that will again we'll we'll get a bit more aggressive in how we grow that. So a lot of like really fun, you know, projects and big plans. Um we've never been short of ideas. So it's just figuring out how to implement all of them. That's always been uh you know, the challenge, probably probably with any company. Um so yeah, no, we're it's um yeah, again, it's been year three since Verb's been back. We I think we thought it was probably going to grow a bit quicker because of what we had done in the past, but that's just life. You know, it takes, uh, it takes a lot of time and a lot of people's effort, uh, to put these things together, as you know. Um, but we got a lot of good people on board and that's half the battle. And I'm, I'm actually really excited about, uh, about where we are right now and and where we're growing. I'm too. And especially with the agency thing with the, I mean, I feel like I'm pushing up pretty well. I have five athletes now on on, on the uh, squad. I know? mean, you're a manager in and of yourself, man. You're like you know? a, you're like a you're like a yeah. You're an agent. Yeah, I, I am. I'm getting yeah. in there. I'm getting the deals. Like, hey, you need gear. You don't have any gear. I got you. You just need like a really expensive watch and like some random twelve hundred dollar uh, like Italian shoes, and then you're in. Yeah, I gotta at least show a little bit, and then. Everyone will realize, like, I do really good deals on the side, and then I have money. Dude, yeah, you're, I would say if they had an up-and-coming agent list, I mean, who's, who's more up-and-coming than you? Yeah, I can't I can't name one, really. I I can't name one, but I can probably only name, like, three agents, so I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's like, um, I got two, that's it. That's, I can only name two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, three would be you. You'd be the third. Third, yes. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. It, it works out. I don't. I don't really know what I'm doing still, but we're we're making it happen. I got a podcast now. It's it's fantastic. It's pro, man. It's just watching uh watching it watching your baby grow right now. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's satisfying. That's well, awesome, and I, and and as you see, like you listen, you're an avid listener of the Squad Pod. We're changing up the uh the show a little bit, so it's actually going to be a show now instead of just like one writer interview you know so we're 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 seeing what works and we're we're making changes on the go so you're well i have no doubt this will be the least listened to squad pod um maybe in history which will be you know something to hang my hat on because again i don't uh, i don't do a lot of them i'll put you your number one's job number one goes out and does the podcast and that kind of stuff well yeah i mean he's he's a media darling you know yeah, I mean yeah. for sure, and that's why we're great partners. He he is really good at that, uh, so I we let him do that. Yeah, and he usually wants to take me with him, so <laughs> I'm like his third child. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. It well, is. hey, man, I think this is like the second podcast I've ever been on. So, yeah. um, 
it was it was really professionally done and enjoyable. Thank you. Thank you. As you would expect from your number one journalist, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Slaw who is what I say. Yeah, slaw slaw who is what I say. <laughs> so thanks for doing uh, this, man, and thanks for giving us a glimpse of what what the uh, shred tours are about and what what's to come. And uh, I, I'm going to put you second, so people have to listen to it. They can't skip it. Yeah. Very good. Well, I'm your second favorite, so I guess being second would be in the list wouldn't wouldn't be bad. We'll work on it. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. (laughs) Thanks, Bird Dog. See you, bud. See you. Shout out to my buddy Bird Dog for being on the pod. He doesn't get a lot of recognition like he should. He does a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, and he keeps the company going with that. And I appreciate everything he does. So it was cool to hear from him and to get a behind-the-scenes look. All right, next on the list, last but not least, this week is Justin Rodbell. He's making his return to racing at Washougal for the two-stroke race. And although he doesn't really want to spill it on the pod, we kind of got an exclusive, so you're welcome for that. He's going to race his 252-stroke at Washougal for the Jets and Donuts Motorsport bounty of $15,000. That's a cool deal for all the privateers involved, and Rodbell's in, so... Here's Rod Bell. All right, so on the phone, I have Mr. Justin Bellrod Rod Bell. What's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you, man? Just uh, heading back from riding today. Uh, nice and hot, but sore and tired. <laughs> That's good, yeah. And um, we'll get to it in a minute with uh, with your comeback. But um, yeah. you, you're coming back from quite a big injury here. Uh, you, you tore your Achilles uh, before Thanksgiving, and... You're just kind of get back in the swing, getting back into the swing of things, aren't you? Yeah. So I did my Achilles November twenty eighth, and um, obviously I'm not, you know, the biggest name in the sports, and not many people really kind of shed any light to it. But I kind of just was on the balls of my feet, did a big triple in, went to the next triple and pushed through standing, and my foot just kind of gave out, like too much G force, I guess, in the rhythm. I don't know because I was riding correctly. It's just kind of one of those things like, what I didn't do anything. That's how I was supposed to ride. You know, it's how I was taught to ride. That's your ride better. So, um, and then, like, a week later, it happened to Vince Freeze, which he hit me up about his injury. He's back on the bike. Um, and then it happened to Eli. So, it's a bit weird. Obviously, I'm nowhere around Eli's speed, but... Um, I think it has something to do with the, how fast our 450s are and just how peaky the stuff is and the transitions in between them and the G-force we're pushing our bodies to have never been pushed before, if that makes any sense. It does, yeah. And maybe we'll start to see more of that. I mean, I would hate to see more of that in the sport, but you know, you see it in other sports as well. What has the comeback been like for you? To be honest, this is like one of the gnarliest injuries I think you could have. I mean, knock on wood, you know, this has been my biggest and really only injury my whole racing, you know, career, my whole life. So, uh, but the comeback side of it was really, to be honest with you, it was shitty. Uh, like for two months, I was off of my leg and then I started doing a lot of PT. And then, but, you know, PT is really just, you know, doing a little bit of calf raises and the issue is is all the scar tissue in your foot um, 
because you don't move it for two months or however long they don't want you to move it. So I didn't move it very long. And then once I started getting back to it and walking on it, it felt fine, but there just wasn't enough mobility. So I had to go see someone that specialized in uh, active release healing, which basically they just squeeze your Achilles as hard as they can and you move it, you know, as range of motion as you that you can do. And I've been doing that for two months now, three days a week at 7 a.m. before I go to work every day south of the border. So it's been a process, but it's finally good to see some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it is good. Man, that's insane. Just the amount you've had to to work to get back from that. So so you now work at uh, south of the border as well? Yeah, so once I got hurt, obviously you need an income. Um, you don't get paid to sit on the couch. Right. So it was either like I can go back to, I live in like uh, Leland, Wilmington area, about an hour away from south of the border. So it's either go back to Maryland, do HVAC, um, or stay down here and work with the kids until I'm healthy, and, um, which I've actually enjoyed quite a bit, you know, being able to teach them how to ride a little better. And then I also teach myself stuff that, you know, I, I didn't see when you're standing on the side of the track for a little bit. So I think it's been good for myself, and I've learned quite a bit. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, the HVAC thing probably wouldn't work out too well with a, with a torn Achilles, you know? Yeah, so you need to be in, you need to be in good physical shape for that. So it's yeah. like, I mean, I could go do that, but, you know, I'm not going to be much help. Right. So it's, uh, I'm fortunate to have some good people around me, and, uh, Ryan Schaefer, the owner south of the border, he's a really great dude. He's uh, he's super into motocross, so and he's they, I've I've been to south of the border probably since I started coming here in like 2013. So ten what? years now I've been around here, so it's a good spot. Which is funny, I have here in my notes because I wanted to touch on your amateur career a bit because it's you yeah. know and and. And that's funny you say you started working there in 2013 because I feel... I started riding there, you know. Yeah, yeah, riding there. So 2014 was really when you started to kind of make a name for yourself on the amateur scene. Um, As far as Loretta's... I might might be a professional. I I could see some. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But before that, I was like, I'm a weekend warrior. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, um, I actually... in 2014, I went to GPF with a family. I don't know if you've ever heard the name Rob Burkhart. It's pretty big. Um, Rob and Sherry Burkhart. And then, do you remember Tristan Charbonneau? Of course, yeah. Yeah, so um, I lived with Tristan. I shared a room with Tristan, and I lived with Rob and Sherry. Rob did our bike work, and Sherry was our off-the-bike trainer, and then we lived about 10 minutes away from GPF and then we did the GPF on the bike program. Um, and that was like, I did that for a month before Loretta's, but I didn't, I raced in 85 at Loretta's, but my family, we don't have a bunch of money. So I practiced on a YZ125 just okay. so to save money. It's like, cause I couldn't ride 85 all summer on a deep sand track. So, um, and then I ended up getting like a podium that year at Loretta's. So that was really cool. And that was kind of like the turning point for everything. And we were like, all right, let's take this a little more serious. And I think getting more serious as the years go on, I would say. 
Right. Yeah. And you know, like you said, you came from not a lot of money, but you still made it work. And now you're a pro. Uh, you made it to like that last back half of your amateur career. What was that like yeah. through your, through your eyes? What did, what did you have to go through as you made the transition? So it's a funny story. I raced 2018 was my last year at Loretta's and I originally planned to go back for 2019, but um, so I raced for Traders Racing. I don't know if you remember that team. Of course. They, uh, yeah, they were a pretty big team. But I grew up in Maryland, probably 10, 20 minutes away from that restaurant. Trader is a restaurant mm-hmm. in Maryland. So I knew the owner very well. And he kind of came to me after Loretta's that year. And they, the whole team was like, you're not ready to go pro. So I'm like, that's fine. I'll just say amateur. I understand. So I obviously see what places I'm getting. And the I wasn't winning Loretta's, so there was no reason. And then uh, the owner came to me before Bud's Creek and was like, hey, dude, if you want to race, like, the team's done next year. You got two races. So I was like, well, I might as well. So I ended up racing. But back then, if you got a point, you were a professional. Like, you couldn't go back to the amateurs. Right. So I got some points. I was considered a professional at, like, 16. I was not ready for that. I wasn't ready to race Supercross because I did like two outdoors and it was like, all right, let's go race Supercross. And I was scared shitless of whoops. So I ended up going to Australia to race for the year, um, race their outdoor series. Stay, stay a little safer, prolong my career, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what, I mean, that's normally what you do when you turn pro, you go to Australia and race. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Back to, um, yeah, the Traders thing. Are they is, is Traders restaurant still around? Yeah, that's still a full blown restaurant, and uh, they have like a casino and everything. It's a really cool. It's a nice restaurant. I'll stop in there whenever I'm back up in Maryland. Um, Gary Luckett is the owner of that. Great dude. Probably he still like supports the sport. He still comes to Bud's Creek and watches me. And I don't know that whole family. They're good friends of ours, so it's cool to uh, still be cool with them. And they're still somewhat involved in the sport. Obviously I don't see them creating a race team because that's a lot of money and just time and fees, but um, they're still around. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was cool. Our restaurant, you know, owning a team and operating it. So it's, it's not something you see every day. And that's, it's cool that they even made the attempt. And, you know, for a while, like you were, you were their guy for a while. Like that's how I knew traders it was you were their amateur guy coming in so yeah so yeah it's cool that you know gary was he knew me growing up and knew that i was trying to go pro and then actually um that year 2018 my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer so he had kind of like taken a lot of weight off of our shoulders by helping me that whole summer um not many people know that but a lot i had people coming up to me like how much you paying for this ride? And I'm like, nothing, man. They're like, yeah, good, good joke, kid. And I'm like, I swear I'm not lying. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're helping me, <laughs> but all right. Yeah. Wow. And, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a weird, it's a weird sport to deal with. Dude, it really is. And, and the fact like, okay, like when you came on the scene, you really, you were like the privateer hero a couple summers ago. And, and Mathis even coined the summer of Rod Bell. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Li- I can't even back my first summer up. After my first summer, it's like 
I kind of got dealt like the best. I kind of got dealt like this year. So it would have been like me coming in this year as a rookie, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there just wasn't that many guys that year. So I was, you know, I was hovering around like 11th, 12th, which was crazy for the SGB team. And I think I got a top 10 once for them. Um, so I, it was just a bit like they weren't expecting that. I, they didn't think I was going to be really – I had to – when I raced for SGB, I had to buy my race bike. So, like, they didn't think I was going to be shit. Yeah. I, and that's just the truth because I know they – like, A-Ray was their guy, and then they had Jeremy Smith, and they're like, oh, they're the, those are the two guys. And I'm like, all right, watch, wait till we go race. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And then you you, you come through and do that. And, you know, now, now look at everybody. All the privateers, I, I feel like you've helped – kind of they're all held to is it going to be the summer of you know place a rider's yeah. name in there but now it's like right now i think it's been harlan man well i mean masterful obviously but right. we know masterful's the real deal so yeah it's kind of like it came from star racing you know you're good if you're right for them yeah yeah exactly you kind of have to come out of nowhere to be on caliber yeah. with you so you know it, um, but, and then, we're still talking about it. We're just still talking about it, though. It's just, it was the summer rod bell, and now it's like, who's going to be that next guy? And you, it's still talked about. So that's got to be yeah. kind of cool for you. I know we had the the summer of shock, definitely. Yeah, he, he got me. He got me that one year, dude. <laughs> yeah, he he was definitely uh, rolling. Yeah, you gotta give it to him where it counts. But um, yeah, I'm gonna try to make it back for the last three. That's the tentative plan, and we'll see what happens. As long as there's no hiccups, shout out to Fastway Moto for getting me these foot pegs for my Achilles because that's really been the game changer um, for my foot. If I didn't have those foot pegs, I probably couldn't ride the dirt bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's so. that's pretty interesting that, you know, certain things you could put on your bike to help you with, with come back from an injury like that. And uh, when you do come back, okay, yesterday you told me, it was probably four, and now today you had a hot day. It was hot, so now it's it's three. What happened? Well, I I can't let the cat out the bag, you know. Oh my uh, bad, my bad. My... I don't know. I, I might be there. We'll see. Okay, so maybe. Um, yeah, I'll leave Washougal as a maybe. I gotta scrounge up some dollars to get out there. I'm on the other side of the country, you know. True. Are you gonna be going for the the two stroke money, maybe? Is that the cat out of the bag, I guess? Yeah, I'll, I'll bring a 450 for Thursday at PIR, and then I'll bring a two-stroke, too. So okay. I'll have some options. Yeah, you just never know. But yeah, we'll get the two-stroke ready. I'm riding it now. I'll have a 450 ready. Because obviously my plan was to race a 450 and try to be somewhat, you know, competitive. Mm-hmm. My goal is not to be like just ride the two stroke every weekend because you're not going to be very competitive. But we'll see. Carson Brown did beat me. I mean, it, I was beating him last year the whole moto until I fell moto one. And I think he beat me moto two on that two stroke. When you're on a 450 and you get beat by a 252 stroke, it kind of hurts. But yeah. Then I've been riding one and they're so light. It's like, man, that last 15 minutes is a little bit easier. And I don't really need all that power, so we'll see how it works. Okay. And when you do come back, what do you like? What's your program? Who's who's helping you out? Um. So I have Ellicott City Motorsports is like my bike supplier. 
Um, then I got Blue Heart Mechanical. You know, those guys have been helping me from day one. And then south of the border MX, big part of the program because I'm able to ride my dirt bike, train kids. And, you know, that's a, if I was sitting in an office working, I couldn't ride all day. So mm-hmm. without them, it really would, the wheels wouldn't be turning. Um, you know, there's the O'Neill, obviously, HJC, um, 100%, Pirelli tires, um, Motostar rims, EBC brakes. Wax Room DC. There's a lot of dudes that are, uh, I have a lot of supporters, which is really fortunate for myself. Um, I just kind of try to stay loyal to people and stick with good companies. I'm very, I'm very happy to be running like Enzo suspension, um, from here on out. Cause that was the one thing I struggled with really my whole racing career is suspension. And I've really never had a good suspension set up. So I really went with Enzo, um, and I made that switch last year right before Unadilla. So I ran Enzo, and then I had my real – I thought it was my best race of the year was at Bud's Creek. On paper, I went 15, 18 or something. That doesn't look great, but, like, in, internally, you get done, and you're like, dude, that was a race. Like, mm-hmm. I was in the mix. And, uh, that was one of those – that one in High Point last year, I felt like, um, oh, and Colorado. I felt like I had some good, I had some good motos last year, but I had a lot of stupid stuff happen. And like, I was running like AEO suspension, AEO forks with a stock shot. Like, our program was really shot last year. Um, so it's whatever, but I, this year it sucks because I had everything planned out for Supercross and uh, all my parts and all these bikes. So, I've just been kind of sitting looking at them for a few months. <laughs> yeah. I'm pumped to get back to it. Yeah, I want to touch on last year, too. Um, So you came off SGB, then you went on over to PRMX for Supercross. <laughs> and then... Yeah, I had a year. And then, then Husqvarna by yourself going to, like, starting the summer, and then you get a HEP fill-in ride at the end. Oh, no, I was on the Bud Builders. So Oh, yeah. So I went... Started the year off with PRMX, left SGB, went to PRMX, um, and that was just due to PRMX is that south of the border. They right. had mechanics. SGB was in Maryland, no mechanics. I didn't want to work my bike. That's literally all it came to. Um, came down to, and then so I went with them for the year. Actually, turned out pretty good. Made some 450 mains, and then I went. Basically, Julian wanted me to go to Canada last year. And I didn't have the COVID vaccine oh. and you needed it to cross the border. So like, I was like, dude, I'm not getting it. I'm sorry. Um, and yeah, it just didn't sit well with him because it was like the week before the race. But I had told him from day one, I wasn't going, I wasn't getting that vaccine. So right, the bud builders called me, um, GL Hardy. So I ended up, they got me a 450 like. Dude, I'm thinking like Thursday before Hangtown. Because I call him, I'm like, hey, dude, I'm, I'm at Hangtown. He's like, all right, they're picking up your bike now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'll be at the track Friday morning. He's like, okay, every, your, your bike will be there and, and your suspension graphics, but we don't have a mechanic for it. I'm like, all right, that's fine, I'll do it. So I put my bike together on Friday. I was going to go ride it, but I didn't. 
there was nowhere to ride around Hangtown, and I wasn't local, so I was like, I, I just rode around the pits, broke it in, and then, dude, I swear to God, I raced that thing cold turkey Saturday. Like, I never rode a Husqvarna. I just showed up on it. That's, you know, wow. it's pretty interesting that, that, you know, all this came together, and, and, and they, they promised you something, and it's actually there. Like, that that's... And you just kind of had to go yeah. out on a whim. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> They're great people, and I yeah. I give them a pat on the back for helping me last summer. And then we kind of parted ways once we got to Bud's Creek in a way. Um, I just didn't agree with some things that were going on with the team. So mm-hmm. I was better off, you know, just going out in my van. No, not a big deal. I was I had bought two Husky Barnas of my own, told them they could have theirs back, and I went on my way for Bud's Creek. Well, and then Saturday at Bud's, um, I was obviously feeling like the van there because that's my track. Well, Saturday morning, uh, Aaron, Dustin's dad, came over and was like, hey, man, uh, let's talk, and maybe we'll figure something out for the last two. And I was like, dude, he's like, what do you have you know, going on? And I'm like, not a damn thing. I would <laughs> love to ride the bike. Right. So I ended up fly, flying Sunday from Maryland to Cali, and I stayed out there the whole time, rode the bike, and, you know, shout out to them for just giving me a little bit of help for those two rounds, because it would probably would have cost me around five to $10,000 to do all that. Those That's insane. two rounds. Yeah. Or five grand, I'm sure. Yeah. Fuel and travel expenses, so... Uh, they helped me out tremendously. Obviously, the bike, to me, was not a Husqvarna. There's, you know, they did the best they can with what the cards are dealt with. It's a Suzuki. Um, I think a big talking topic no one's even talked about is if Ken Rockson was on a KTM, I think no one would see him out there. Oh, really? That, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. Dude, I think... I. I think if Ken Roxon was on a KTM with KYB suspension, not that WP bullshit, not WP, KYB. Yeah. I think he would be just be running laps around everyone. Because if he's, uh, yeah, that's just my thought. You're big on the KTM and uh, Husqvarna brands right now. That's what you're going to be ripping this summer, right? Yeah, I'm an Austrian guy. Yeah. Fully. The brakes, the frame, the bike—it's can't beat it. For someone like me, man, like I, my two-stroke is—I don't even have the suspension done. I'm just ripping the thing. It's a bone stock 252 stroke. I think I have a pipe and uh, I put on a fat head, um, head on it, and that's it. It's got 20 hours on it. Thing rips. So, are you are you doing Husky or KTM? I- I can't really tell you. I have a, a KTM two fifty two stroke, and then I have Husky four fifty. Okay. The, K- the KTM is just because of uh, the dealer I deal with. They just didn't have Huskies, so they're like, "Would you just take a KTM?" And obviously, you're going to take it. Beggars can't be choosers. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So. Yeah, so where where um, you're coming back into this? I mean, you've been a pro about what five years now? We'll say. Um, yeah, around there. What goals do you still have set for yourself that you haven't reached? Like, what do you still keep coming back and uh, striving for? For me, I would say it's Supercross. Like, I last year, 
I really like towards the end, like at Salt Lake and really the last couple rounds, I felt like I kind of got over the hill where beforehand I was like, man, I really don't know if this is for me. Like I was kind of at the verge of like, man, I could just go work, chill, not have to hit a set of loops. Not too bad. Um, but then I really started like putting in some work on the super cross track, making some strides. And I was like, man, I enjoy this. This is like showing up to press day, knocking out the rhythms, doing practice, freaking ripping, making a main. I mean, you do make free. I was making good money. Uh, but I think that had a bit to do with the super cross because outdoors, dude, I would, I don't make shit. You're just doing it for fun. Yeah, well, you're damn good at outdoors, so, I mean... Yeah, but, but <laughs> you can be damn good and still don't make nothing. It still sucks. <laughs> That's, That's the way I think about it. Yeah. But, but, but That's kind of why I'm not too rushed to get back to it, because, like, if I had a chance of getting in that top 20, that would be cool, but there's obviously no shot of me getting in that top 22 or whatever, so... I'm just kind of taking it as it is and worry about 2024 as like my year to just make some strides. Yeah. Just come back, come back, get some gate drops in and uh, finish off on a high note after such a trying year for you. Yeah. And then maybe I'll go race like mammoth just to do something after different. Um, So I like racing and riding, but since I'm coming so late into it, I'm sure I'll be wanting to race a lot after the season. Well, props to you, man. Props to uh, for making it through all of uh, 2023 with that injury, and it's been, uh, I'm sure, very tough for you to to get through it sometimes. So, thanks for being very honest about it and sharing with me today. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm glad you're coming back. I saw the Instagram post. I'm like, he's got to be getting close to to coming back. So. Had to get that. Yeah, I still need, like today I did two 25-minute motos. And, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I just need a few weeks. Yeah. Just because I, I just don't, I have the speed for one lap. Like, I'm sure I could go to Red Bull this weekend. I uh, qualify anywhere from 10th to 15th with the speed I have. But I probably can't do that 20 minutes in, so. I just want to come in ready and fully, fully ready for the to race, not half acid. Cool, cool. Yeah, well, we'll see you soon then. We'll see you at the the what is it, Washougal? Then the last three after that. Yeah, Washougal, so. Unadilla, Buds, and Ironman. Yeah, that'll be good, so, man. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll, uh, I'll be posting a lot of two short stuff, so keep an eye out on Instagram. Yeah, everybody loves that. So you'll be you'll be getting lots of engagement from that. Oh yeah, I, I ride a four fifty, but don't post pictures of that because no one cares. Yeah, you gotta do it for the Insta bangers, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I pull out two shark for Instagram advisor. He gets he loves it. Get the shots, and we head on our way. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the life update, man. Thanks for being honest, and uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, man. Good talking to you. I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Thanks, man. All right, let's wrap this thing up. We had the Verb Power Rankings presented by Guts Racing. We had a chat with Brent Stallow for the behind-the-scenes stuff, co-founder of Verb, my second best friend on the Verb 
staff. And then we wrapped it up with Justin Rodbell. And I think it was a good show. So thanks to those guys for being on. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week with another Squad Pod. Thanks.